welcome to Live from the Humidor with Sarah Lawrence, Kate Shade, and Big Fish. Good afternoon. How are we all doing today? Good. <laughs> well, now we know everybody's here. Paige just got a haircut. I did. Looks great. It Working, looks really cute. Working on West Side Story photos right now. I'm Ina Twix. Shout out to Don Labar. Don you Labar, rock. LB. DLB from the West Coast. Photos taken by him. He's, He's great. great. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're supposed to see him time. Just like Tony the Tiger. He's great. Thanks for picking up on that cue, ladies. <laughs> I'm here for you. What are we going to talk about today, Molly? Oh my gosh, well, what are we doing this weekend? <laughs> what are we doing this weekend <laughs> this is the question. Trying to survive. Um, Great. Cool. No, we are about to open West Side Story in <gasps> concert. Wow. Wah, wah, wah. West, side. West, West Side. Nope, just one West. Just one West. Um, and so for, for the listeners out there, what is this show about? Wow, where do I begin? That's a, um, yeah. This show uh, is originally based off of William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, I've never heard of it. Very popular. <laughs> Some people consider it a love story. What they've done with West Side Story is essentially throw it into uh, when it was written, modern times, and focus on the racial tensions between the Puerto Rican gangs of New York and the uh, white American gangs of New York. And when was the show written? 1957. Uh, 1957. Uh-huh. Great. So that was like... Right in the heat of the... Didn't Puerto Rico just become a U.S. territory recently before that was written? Right around there, that's correct. Yeah. So that's a big part of it, I feel like, too, of the racial tensions. Cool. And what happens in this story? Well... Without giving it away. It's hard not to give it away, but... Although if you know Romeo and Juliet, you kind of know what happens. You do know what happens. It's a little different. A little bit different. Um, what happens? Boy meets girl... Boy and girl fall in love. Conflict arises because they're from two separate gangs. Lack of hilarity ensues. Mm, yes. Not a very funny play. It's not. There are funny moments. There are laugh out loud funny moments. One funny song that will have you laughing song. the whole time. And then you're like, ah, yes, but the world is still a sad place. Yeah, yeah we're being very <laughs> flippant about this right now because we're trying to be funny and we're not. But um, a West Side Story is easily one of the most iconic... Mm-hmm. musicals in the canon. I mean, it's just, there are such high expectations with it because not only does it have music that, especially in its current time, was revolutionary and, you know, was all over every single, you know, pop chart hit, you know, every 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 sort of accolade it could receive. But in addition to that, it's also stood the test of time and transcended, uh, you know, past a lot of good musicals and, and has become a great musical. And it's because... It is able to evoke a beauty in themes and concepts that are so dark and in themes and concepts that are so real and so gritty and, quite honestly, themes and concepts that are still prevalent today. And, uh, you know, going off of that, that's actually what we've done with our production of West Side Story is um, we have kept the entire script intact, intact and we are doing all of the songs and all of the choreography as written and as conceived um but we've said it in modern day 2017 
And one of the main reasons for doing that is because uh, when most theater companies choose to do West Side Story, they have the privilege of hiring a company that is strictly going to be focusing on West Side Story. Mm -hmm. So they hire half of their cast from uh, Puerto Rican or Latina mm -hmm. descent. Um, and then obviously the other half of the cast is strictly white. Uh, because we have a core company that has to fit all three of our shows, including West Side Story, Adam's Family, and Oklahoma, um, we found ourselves in a position where, uh, you know, we have a very multi-ethnic group that is not just Puerto Ricans and not just whites. So when I was thinking about how we could rationalize doing this play, because I really wanted to share this story and share this message with our community, um, I started to think about how we could make that realistic. And from my research and my understanding, uh, you know the color of someone's skin is still the way that they are viewed in the world, but the culture has become so inherent in, in, in people of all races, um, you know, that, that it really is a focus on the culture. So, in, to have a black man and even, you know, a white woman in the sharks mm -hmm. is not about the color of their skin, but is about the fact that they have embraced and uh, this, this, this Puerto Rican culture. Right. And that's why we have not changed the script, because number one, we don't want to get in trouble for changing the script. <laughs> number two, because we want to honor the script as it is written. And three, because I don't think that we should be excluded from doing this work as long as we stay focused on the themes and on the struggles and focus on that. Um, yeah, and that's the joy of part of our programming of this concert series that we have every summer. Absolutely. Where we do three big musicals, and one of those is a concert, which just allows us to be more experimental and try things that may work, may not work, may work in some ways, may be successful, may be great, may be kind of crunchy that we have to figure out. Absolutely. We started this process with Seven Brides for Seven Brothers last year, which is obviously a play that is much less controversial mm -hmm. than West Side Story, but the show was so warmly received. And, and the main way that, you know, what we're talking about applied to that show is that we had a set of seven brothers that were all different ethnicities. Right. And we had, you know, instead we didn't have seven brides, we had five brides. Right. Uh, and we didn't have seven suitors to go along with the seven brides and seven brothers. We had two suitors. Right. <laughs> and the reason, again, that we do this is because we want to produce these musicals in a way in a way that is still true to the story and allows us to tell our story in within the resources that we have available exactly. to us. Yeah. Um, and these are the important so, stories that need to be told, especially exactly. in our community. Especially in our community, mm -hmm. which does not have a lot of diversity. We often consider the theater to be, you know, one of the main points of diversity in the theater. That's mm -hmm. how I like to run the theater. I, I am a firm advocate that diversity in the theater is an active choice that you have to make. Definitely. It is not something that is just inherently, you know, in the system, even though a lot of us will argue that it should be. But you have to choose to be diverse in your programming and in your casting choices in order for diversity to be present in your theater. Definitely. And that's not theater of the building. That's theater as an art form. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, I know that is a very hot-button issue, and, you know, we are three white individuals talking about that. But for sure. from the start of this process, we've had a lot of table work, a lot of discussion, a lot of collaboration, making sure that we are covering all of our bases, being sensitive and open and, you know, vulnerable to 
the perspectives that we are trying to honor. Right. That we are trying to bring to the forefront. And Molly used the word experiment before. Um, that's really what this is. That's why we're only doing it for one weekend. That's why we're only doing it for four performances. That's why we're only doing it with one scaffolding and eight actor cubes that, you know, have been um, executed to look like they fit into the world. It's because I want to elevate what's on the page. Right. I want to hear the music live and not just have to watch the movie or go downstate four hours to be exposed to this kind of material. Right. And um, after last night's run through, I'm proud of the work that we've done. And I think that, you know, viewing it from that perspective, no one should have any problems with it. And I know that people that it will resonate with, with everyone who comes and sees the show. I don't know how it will resonate with mm -hmm. them, but that's not my job. Right. My job is just to make sure that we're making art that resonates with, with anybody who comes in contact with it. Right. Yeah, there are a couple of cool things that, I, that you just said that I think is important to touch on a little more. And I think one of those is um, something that I've talked about in, with a lot of artists is the idea that, especially with Shakespeare plays and with musicals, these um, things are written to be performed and to be heard. Um, and I think that that's why we focus so much on this concert series and on bringing these really important stories to our community is because reading these, watching them as a movie is not how they were intended. And so by doing Shakespeare plays, by performing these really important iconic musicals, we're getting these stories and we're getting to see them in the way that we're supposed to see them. Um, how the writers intended us to see that. And we all know that an experience in a theater, watching someone go through, the, you know, what happens in West Side Story is very different than watching it on the movie screen and right. so on and so where forth. Where you can pause it, where it's light out, where you can hide your face, you know, all of that. But when you're experiencing it with real people in the space that you're in, it's very powerful. Especially with how intimate our space is. Right. I mean, you're literally 10 feet away from right. serious gang fights. Right. It's overwhelming. It is, it is. So Molly watched our, 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 our production last night. Uh, anything pop out at you? Uh, Molly is also a, uh, a West Side Story aficionado uh, through her various colleagues and <laughs> friends. Um, so is there anything specific that, you know, you think is, is special about our production? Other than, you know, the things that we've talked about. Of you know, um, Anything that really popped out for you that, that is a reason that people need to make time in their schedule this weekend, as we have heard on, on the <laughs> Facebook and on the phone. You know, we, we apologize to our patronage that this is only one weekend, but because mm -hmm. of how experimental it is and how how little our time is for right. the entirety of the season, um, maybe we can spend some more time later in the podcast talking about why there's only four performances, because I do yeah, think totally. it's important for people to know. But uh, sticking with the production, uh, what did you see that, uh, that you know stuck out with you? Well, I think, first of all, the thing that I've been telling to people when they ask me why they should come see the show before I even watch the run was that West Side Story, um, from a musical theater history perspective, um, was one of the first shows that really, as a musical, dealt with really serious issues. Um, and death and and losing people. Um, spoilers. Spoilers. Sorry. Um, and and where the music and the lyrics, but especially the actual music that were what, that's being played by the instruments is that's the method of storytelling. Um, and it took a long time for musical theater to kind of develop that. Um, a long time ago, it was kind of you know shows would tell a story and then they would say, um, okay, pause. We're gonna sing a song now. And while that's super fun, that's not exactly the best method of storytelling. But I think, 
I think this musical, you watch and you can even close your eyes and listen to the music and you know exactly what's happening and you know exactly the pain that's happening. Um, and that's really cool to see, again, one of the first musicals that did that. But, I mean, from a... From speaking, a speaking to that as well, just just real quick, it's that's one of the reasons, again, that I think that this play works without a huge set. Right. And without... 20 sets of costumes exactly. is because it's all there for you in the words and in the music. Exactly. Even the choreography, you know, the mm -hmm. choreography is mind-blowing. And our core company, you know, uh, is doing a bang-up job with it to the it best of their abilities. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it's these kinds of stories that, again, transcend the need for spectacle. Right. And they can rely on the work of two people talking or singing to one another and exactly. telling that story. But continue exactly. with what you were going to say. Well, I was just going to touch on our beloved Dylan Goyke, who was a community member here and now is in school. I mean, watching him on stage last night was just mind-blowing. He's The way that he st tells the story through his Dylan's playing our body. riff. Yeah, riff. Um, one of the gang leaders who... If you know Dylan personally, he's not really a rough and tumble kind <laughs> not, not of guy. Too, not too many gangs running around Alpina. <laughs> right, but um, but he's a really good example of of an actor that we have in our core company who's really put the story into his body and into his heart and the way that he just exists in the space is mm -hmm. so um, it just draws you in and it makes you want to know exactly what's going to happen next and it makes you keep watching. Um, which is, I mean, that's what all theater should good theater and good actors should Hopefully. do is um. Make you want to keep watching. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also important to talk about our high school uh, community <laughs> members because they're doing a, also talk about a bang up job. Yeah. Um, I sit here silently because, uh, you know, it, it, there's just a sense of pride. Well, how long is the show? The show is two and a half hours long. And I would say probably they are dancing for at least an hour and a half of that. Yeah. And the high schoolers <laughs> are in every single one of those numbers. Yep. It's outrageous. They're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Vol volunteering their time, volunteering yeah. their effort, learning even more so than our professionals are, you know, on the right. fly. Um, some of these individuals, you know, uh, are doing their very first play with us, and it just so happens to be West Side Story. Right. Um, you know, surprise. Uh, hope you're ready. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing it, to see them hold their own. It's uh -huh. humbling. Yeah. For me, it's humbling, you know. Um, we've talked about this a little bit three years ago when I got here. Uh, to Thunder Bay Theater. Uh, unfortunately, the most of the arts programs have been cut at the high school. Theater mm -hmm. arts programs. Theater arts programs. Um, and we had, you know, one student. It was actually Dylan pursuing theater in college. Um, and, and now, this past year, we are going to be sending, I believe, five students mm -hmm. to, uh, to different universities across the country to study theater, not just in performance, but also in uh, technical direction and... Last year we sent someone away for sound design, and now this year uh, with these high school students that are currently in this production, and some of them having graduated, some of them have not, uh, next year I believe that there are 10 to 12 potential students who are pursuing theater at a secondary education right. level, which is, uh, again, humbling and... Um, it's cool to play a part in that. Man, it's, it's great. Cool, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I you know... The kids all know how much I, I love them and how much we care about them mm -hmm. and how much their future matters to us. And, uh, you know, my go-to phrase is, you know, just because we live in Alpena doesn't mean that those mm -hmm. students should not have the same opportunities that are available to uh, students downstate right. or anywhere else in the country. Right. And, um, you know, being able to be a part of this is part of that. Right. 
you know, being able to be an ensemble member and learn from the professionals and watch the professionals or even for our anybody's and our baby John who are both two of our, you know, uh, premier high school students, mm -hmm. um, you know, giving them the opportunity to work along, you know, with and, and speak right. and be scene partners with our professionals. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's there's no better teacher than experience, yeah. in my opinion, in the theater. Um, and such a cool part of watching the show is that if you don't know any of our core company members or the high school members, you probably won't be able to tell it's pretty <laughs> most tough. of the time yeah. who is who. Um, and that is certainly not a disparagement to our professionals. All, no. That is an encouragement to our high school students. Right, right. And again, you know, some of these kids weren't even doing theater two years ago. Right. And now they're, it's, it's miraculous. It's awesome. Yeah. So that was a cool thing, watching the show last night was Good. to be like, wow. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it made me, I mean, it made me think of working here when I was in high school and yep. hoping that other it people watch me. It all, it all goes around. It, yeah, does. it does. It's all, does. It's all cyclical. It's cool. It's cool, yeah. Um, and I'm curious as to, like, why you chose this show as a director and what you're interested in uh, working on artistically with the show. We talked a little gonna, bit about, yeah. like, the cultural aspects of this and how this is super important for us as a community and as a country right now, but Jeffrey Mindock, artistic director. This is going to be an hour-long conversation. Okay, so, make it short. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> so I'm originally from the East Coast. Um, you know, I'm originally uh, from Allentown, Pennsylvania, you know, an hour north of Philadelphia and two hours south of New York City. So, uh, you know, the people in this play are, I think, a little bit closer to home for me than a lot of, you know, folks mm -hmm. who live in Alpena, reside in Alpena, or even from the Midwest, you know. Um, there's a real... Uh, uh, fight or flight mentality out on the East Coast, in my opinion. You know, everything is just much more immediate and everything is much more uh, heightened in every form of life. I mean, you know, I I, I was very lucky to, you know, not, I, in my opinion, have, you know, what I, what we have talked about and prescribed onto these high school kids who are doing mm -hmm. this. That's one of the things that I think a lot of people forget about West Side Story is that these are high school students. Right. The characters, yeah. You know, fighting with one another and worrying about territory and not having um, adult figures. And when they do have adult figures, they're very uh, they're written in such a way that you don't really know if you want them to be their adult right. figures. Um, so you know, I I knew these kids in high school. Mm -hmm. I you know, um, so it's very close to me um, in my heart. Um, I think I've already spoken a little bit about it. You know. I look for musicals that tell stories and are and 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 can again be elevated past the spectacle. Right. I love a big Broadway musical. Mm -hmm. I love being able to you know make the audience go wow because of something that the set has done or mm -hmm. something that mm -hmm. you know something something flashy. But um, with how intimate our space is, and with the fact that we are literally the only professional theater. In a 150 mile radius, yep. it is so important that we are the ones presenting this kind of material to our region. Totally. Because it's the first time they come encounter with this. Um, so, you know, I, I just think that from my perspective, I'm always going to want to direct West Side Story. Who doesn't? Mm -hmm. But I'm also really excited because it is a play that I can, you know, share my perspective with. Um, and I was really excited about opening up some of the casting to actors of color that weren't just in, that aren't just of Puerto Rican descent. Right. You know, um, obviously I, I believe that West Side Story, you know, 
when possible should always be done in that way. But, you know, we have a black Bernardo. Mm -hmm. And what does that do for our story? Right. You know, some people will say, well, it's not worth it. It's, you know, there's no value in that. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting to me to hear a white actor refer to another black, to a black actor as a, you know, spick. It's really interesting to me to see how our audience is going to react to that and how our actors reacted to that because it is a shifting of the paradigm. Um, and anytime you you can use theater as an experiment, I mean, why not? You know, uh, so often, especially at the nonprofit regional theater level, you are forced to worry about the bottom line and you're forced to worry about the money and you're forced to worry about, you know, well, is this going to hit your target demographic? Is this going to appease most of your audience? This show is for us. Right. You know, I am the first person to say that if there is no audience, it's always rehearsal and it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. never, it's, it's not a performance, but doing it in this way is an experiment. Right. And I love being able to experiment with classics, mm-hmm. you know, um, devising a whole lot of art up here in Northern Michigan may not be the best way to bring people in, but let's devise something new with West Side Story exactly. and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I think has happened is beautiful. Yeah, you know, um, there are going to be some people who come and don't like it. There are going to be some people who come and say, you know, well, it's good, but it's not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have the people that go, wow, that, that was, was what maybe it, not what I expected, <laughs> but wow. That was what I needed. Yeah. That was what I wanted. Mm-hmm. That was, that exceeded my expectations is like my favorite, my favorite thing that people can say to right. me as a director. Right. Um, cause it happens all the time. It just happened a lot with Adam's family. Good. Um, you know, I don't want to meet people's expectations. I want to surpass them. Right. As a director. Whatever and, the expectations are. <laughs> and, and I feel like West Side Story is a play rife with the opportunity to surpass people's expectations. Definitely. And that's why I wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this before, um, but I think for us at least the most important thing is that this sparks conversation. Mm-hmm. And that you come and watch the show... Um, and whether you liked it or you didn't like it or you agree with it or you don't agree with it or whatever you think um, from what you watched, you that you leave thinking about what you saw and that you leave wanting to go have a piece of pie. Well, no, uh, <laughs> a, ve- a very <laughs> a very special professor of mine in college who actually uh, is a former TBT alumni, which is really cool. And uh, I'll probably be sending him this podcast so yeah. that he can hear this. Uh, but. His big thing in our TR 101 class was that great theater makes you want to go and have a piece of pie. Right. And Molly really seems to enjoy that saying, and obviously I do as well because it's stuck with me. Mm-hmm. But um, I said this on TV the other day, but it is my job as an artistic director to create theater that starts a conversation, not a conflict. Right. And with how real West Side Story is and with the current political climate that we're sitting in, it's hard not to create conflict with anything that you say. Right. And so that was one of, you know, that was one of our main focuses with this production was to present an objective retelling of this story. For sure. And to create a piece of theater that started a conversation and does not start a conflict. Yeah, so if you come, we hope that you'll leave and and want to discuss with your fellow patron do we want to uh do we want to touch real quick on why we're only doing the show for four weeks yeah for four performances four weeks will be a doozy uh wow. surprise everyone <laughs> um, uh molly why are we doing the show for four performances so i think our whole programming model that we kind of talked about um with the concert series is to be able to bring a large variety of of different stories and and ways of telling stories through musicals and and plays um, as many of those kinds of things as possible. So um, 
if we can do three big musicals in the summer, why not? Why not? And if one of those has to be only one weekend only just because of our money and time and all of the work that goes into it, um, why not use that? Um, again, the story is what's most important to us and the music and like just putting that on stage. So There's also another very practical sense uh, for doing this, and it's because we as a theater have 175 seats and very rarely are we selling it over 70 to 80% capacity. Guess what happens with a show that only runs for four performances? We sold out. We sold out. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's partially because, you know, you it, it's the best way for us to continue to m- do experiments with our theater and not risk more than we can. Right. Because obviously if you continue to take risks as a theater and you continue to not see the reward... Mm-hmm. Then your theater's gonna... Then we're not gonna have a theater anymore. Be gone. You know, um... <laughs> So that's really the important thing. Um, so, for this week's Thunder Ray Theater Throwdown. Wah, wah, wah. So, a cool thing that we did with the costumes in West Side Story um, is that everyone's wearing different shades of denim um, because yep. it's practical. You can move in it for the most part. And everyone already owns denim. So, the costuming um, wasn't necessarily easy, but was kind of a simpler putting together process. The execution was... Yeah, yeah. Um, And so our question for Thunder Bay Theater Throwdown today is, light denim or dark denim? And this is where the girls come into play, because... (laughs) Very controversial. Very controversial. So, who stands on the side of dark denim? Me. And who stands on the side of light denim? I'm dark denim. Oh my gosh, so I guess that I'm the the light denim. Well, here's why I like light denim, and then we're probably, we're going to get to listen to the girls just shoot me down and wrap (laughs) me up and put me in a, you know, into bed. Um, I like light denim because it makes me feel very casual, and it makes me very comfortable. Interesting. Interesting. Also, dark denim reflects heat and makes me hot, whereas light denim doesn't. You notice that much of a difference, really? Valid, but I don't, I've I never don't experienced think you do. that before. <laughs> I have. I think it's all in your head. I do love a good chambray, though. Yeah. I mean, sure. Well, that's my only denim clothing item that I know other than jeans. So. Good job. Good job. I'm proud of you. Thanks, guys. So dark denim, is great because it's super versatile. It feels get, the same as light denim. Feels the same, but it looks nice. It true. looks better. It's slimming. It is slimming. Well, yes, I don't have Jeffrey. a problem with that. Um, also, more stain resistant. Correct. If you spill something on light jeans, you're gonna see it. If you spill Correct. something on dark jeans, it's questionable. I'm learning a lot right now. Um, also, it always makes it makes you look like you're prepared for anything. Like, you could always, like, if you're wearing really dark jeans. Like a jeans, gang fight in no, the middle of West Side Story. I mean, if you're wearing really dark jeans, like, to the office, and you're like, oh, no, I have this meeting that I forgot about. But you have nice dark jeans on. It's okay. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. I think that I can go to a meeting wearing whatever I want. Okay, well, here you at Thunder Bay Theater, you probably can, yeah. but <laughs> elsewhere, maybe. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But Paige and I did mention earlier that we do like our light, light denim Jackets. Options, yeah, also. Yeah. And options. Um, so you can mix your denim. Paige has some cute light denim overalls. I do I have light enjoy. denim overalls. Um, They're very cash, though. I wouldn't wear them to a meeting. I would at Thunder Bay Theater, but <laughs> any other kind of meeting, probably not. <laughs> I do like your light 
denim overalls. Yeah. There, you can see them in West Side Story. <gasps> wow. Wow. Oh, yes. Oh, that's where I saw those overalls before. <laughs> Great. Yes, they're on stage and not on page. Not on me. Page I am is not. on stage. Nope. So I've come up with a new way to end our podcast. Are you guys ready? I can't wait. This is the final word from Sarah Lawrence, Kate Shade, and Big Fish. Go ahead, Sarah Lawrence. What's your final word? Does it have to be just one word? No, like, what do you want to say uh, at the end? Oh! Come on, folks. Oh, oh my God. Well, you just wow. got to see, uh, wow. you just got to see uh, the creative process at its best. Wow. I'm so sorry. Um, so let's, uh, hold on, hold on. You need the intro again. Okay. You need the intro okay. again. I have my favorite. <clears throat> Ducks. Final <laughs> word from Sarah Lawrence. My final word is give every story a chance. Come see a show that you think you may not like. Come see... A show that makes you think about something that's hard to think about. And come watch something that may be uncomfortable just because it'll make you a person who can think about those things and who can explore new topics that may be kind of scary. I think that's important. I think every story is valid. And that's my final word. Final word from Kate Shade. Don't forget about our band shell performance of West Side Story. <gasps> Which is what? July 29th. July 29th. Sounds like we have time for another podcast That's before we amazing. get to that. We Maybe do. we'll do our next podcast um, live, live on from site. the band show. Live from the band show. Amazing. And that is. And that's my final word. And my final word from. Big Fish. Big Fish. Big Fish. There it is, ladies. We'll get there. <laughs> my final word is. Um, thank you. To, uh, to who, you know, specifically to my cast and crew who have, uh, joined, uh, me on this journey of, of presenting West Side Story in this way. And thank you to my community who, uh, you know, after selling out our opening night performance and most likely selling out our, uh, our, our next three performances, um, you know, it's, it's, the, the proof is in the pudding. And that's something that we kind of, we're talking a lot about in our second year here at Thunder Bay Theater, but, um... It's really, it's really humbling. I used that word before, but it's really humbling and it's really rewarding. And uh, it's, it's a great reminder that what we're doing here is a privilege. And uh, we are privileged to be able to share this story in the way that we see fit uh, with an audience that is ready, willing, and uh, excited to receive it. So um, that's that. Thank you all for uh, you know being supporters of the art and being supporters of the art in a community that needs it. Because without you guys, who knows what would be going on in this little world. Yeah. And that's my final word. Great. Just a few little updates for you. Our podcast is now on iTunes. What? Which is so cool. So if you're listening to this via SoundCloud and you're thinking, hmm, I'd like to have this on my iPhone or on my iPad. Pad or pod. I can't think of the iPad word. and pod. Do people still have iPods? I think so. Um, then go ahead and hit download on on iTunes. iTunes, and then you can have it automatically come to your That's to your amazing. device. Wow. We won't send this copy to uh, iTunes after that wonderful endorsement. We'll work on it for next time. <laughs> but yes, you know. uh, find subscribe. us. Uh, check out what's going on with Thunder Bay Theater on Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag T B A Y T. T B A Y T. That way you don't get confused with hashtag T B T. And you can't find it. any of our things. It's true. Um, it's true. We are so excited about uh, opening weekend for West Side Story, and we can't wait to come back to you next time. Thank you.
Bye-bye.